And I know there's three instances. Well, first of all, the Lord actually way brings fellowship. If we go back to chapter 1, we find a real problem among the people. They're arguing, complaining, they have a clique. Everybody's a part of some clique, some group that supposedly is the end group. And there's one group that they say, we follow Paul. Now, Paul actually started the church of color. And he was there for probably a year and a half. And during the time he talked to him, nobody talked to him, you know, that we are saved by grace through faith alone, not by works, lest anyone should boast. He would have talked no doubt about how we have salvation and all of our sins are forgiven at that point. All the past, present, and future. And so if you look at the root of salvation, you find only Jesus Christ and not us. Now the root they have taken us a little too far. There were in the early churches a group of people called the Libertines. And the Libertines said, well, we're saved by grace. That's a good thing, right? And the answer is right. So what we should do is we can go ahead and sin as much as we want to because the grace of God is going to cover it. Right? Now in Romans, Paul says, heaven forbid that you should do that because you were saved for good works, and you were saved from sin, and you were not saved for sin. Then there was a second. They said, We are Peter. Now, probably Peter went around in the car as well after Paul left. And Peter primarily ministered to the Jews, and they were those that were in association with him, perhaps not Peter himself, because all that chastised Peter for this very thing. And they were saying, okay, we accept the Gentiles can become Christians. But first of all, they must become Jews. That is, for men, they have to be circumcised. For men, that's really a sacrifice. But for everybody, they have to obey the laws and the regulations of Judaism in becoming Christians. These people called Judaizers <coughs> because they, call, they focus upon the Judaism above the Christianity. <coughs> and as a result of that, you know, many of them probably came into the church <coughs> they formed this Judaizing group talking about the need for becoming a Jew as opposed to becoming just a Christian. There was a third. They said, we are the followers of Apollos. Now, Apollos in the New Testament was a great preacher. He was probably the most outstanding preacher of the day. He was brought up in Alexandria, East, probably had studied rhetoric. And here in that day, they did not have television. They had movies to go to. And so what they would do is they would go and listen to all the best speakers. Apollos would have been one of them. And there were some that were really impressed with him, and they said, you know, we are of Apollos. Now, that's a tendency to make something like that. that we are attracted to the great men. In fact, you know, even other denominations, uh, we are of Western, we are Methodists and Westerns and Nazarene, or we are of Calvin, Presbyterian, sometimes that's uh, always uh, in a different 
around the world that uh, they, they call them Christian uh, online discussion. You know, all of these follow Calvin. Quite say, look, you know, I'm going to follow the great Warren, the great preacher in California, and I've written all these books. Or I am going to follow Charles Sandler, and it's good to teach a way to swim. Or I am a follower of Billy Graham, but I don't think so follow what Billy Graham said. It's okay to do that as long as you don't follow a clerk and break the fellowship of the church. That's exactly what they would do. In Ephesians 4, 5, and 6, Paul said, We have one Lord, we have one church, we have one baptism, and one God.
taken quickly of these Instead of sharing, those of the rich brought their food, and they even brought their wine. Paul capsized them and said, Look, some of you may eat runs and even drunk, while there are others over there that have nothing at all. That cannot be. They share everything, all the barriers of the food in Christ. In Galatians 3.28, Paul said, In Christ, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female, but we are one in Christ. We are one. We have to sacrifice for one another. And I am grateful that we have a standard group. And even from the very beginning, they were never considered a Christian. They were considered members just like all of us. Every week, all the pastors gather together to meet. They have people participation there. We have fellowship after our services every Sunday. And a discussion rose recently. We found out some of the children are not receiving the same cookies, the good cookies that everybody else is getting. He said, no, no, that can't be. Everybody must receive the same cookies. We have a fellowship meeting that we're going to have on those today after the service. You're invited to join us, and everybody participates. We all share the same place. We make sacrifices. How do we sacrifice all we can make for other Christians? We just so gave me a book I had to buy. He didn't buy it for me. But it has all the words of Christ and it's in categories. And I read scripture that almost not the way people Now I know about the rich young ruler that came to Jesus, and Jesus told him, Lord, sell everything that you have, give to the poor and come and follow me. He says in Matthew 19 and 21, he says, If you want to be perfect, go sell all your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. That sounds like Christ all of a sudden. I don't know what God asks you to sell all your possessions to be mine. The question is if you can go into the compassion. Not only to give your tithe, is already given, are you willing to give them everything? That even experience the life itself. The life we have, we consider the most precious. Everybody wants to go to heaven, they say, but nobody wants to die. But we should be willing to give your life for somebody else. I was reading about the Hebrew lady. This was during the Second World War. The Gestapo was chasing her, and they knew that they were not, she knew that they were not far behind. Uh, she came to the door of a Huguenot lady, a Christian lady. And she had been helping Jews to escape. And she said, uh, she knocked on the door, she said, it's not going to be any good. They're right behind her to be coming. And the lady said, yeah, she needs to run away. She said, it's not going to be any good. They're going to find me. And the lady said, yes, they're going to find somebody. She said, give me the paper food. She took all of the papers. And then the Jewish lady understood what she was doing. She was going to take her place. 
She said, why in the world would you do that? She said, because Jesus has sacrificed much more than that for me. I can make that sacrifice. They came in, they captured her, they took her to a concentration camp. Six months later, she died. But the Jewish lady then began going around and talking to people about how she became a Christian. Because there was one Christian that was willing to make the ultimate sacrifice for her. The rest way to sacrifice. Sacrifice everything that you have. Sacrifice of everything that you are. They finally, uh, the Moresha way brings you know. Now in uh, chapter 13, Paul was still chastising the people for different faith. And now they have another problem. That problem was they had been given all these spiritual gifts that are to be used for building up the church that are to be used to glorify God. And they'll be able to say, they will to elevate themselves. They will say, okay, look, I see you done, and you don't. Aha. I preach better than you do. Look what Paul says. First of all, he says, uh, the love is greater than all of these other things. And if you have anyone against you don't have love, then basically you have nothing at all. You remember, Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God and love your heart and love your soul and love your mind and then to love your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't matter what gift you have or how spectacular your gift might be. It has not all this. He says, first of all, it's greater than tongues. There was some back in the book of Acts not an unknown tongue, but it was repeated out that he preached. He says that everybody heard in his own language, where there's the electos, which means dialect. Everybody understood in their own first language. And they couldn't work it. They said, how can you preach in Arabic? Here we are, hearing in our language. And on that day, over 3,000 people were converted to Christ. Tongues continue to be a prize gift by some. Paul says that don't have love is like a claim of a sounding bone or a claiming sound. It is a lot greater than prophecy. And we talked about the gift of prophecy before. Probably the closest today that we have is preaching. And I was told by someone uh, fairly recently that many pastors think that there's really something special about them to call their preachers. Listen, we are not. We are sinners just like you and we need the grace of God sometimes more than we do. Certainly, being able to preach, regardless of how well somebody might do it, it's not used to glorify us. It's used to glorify God. Otherwise, Paul says, and then there's a gift of insight and knowledge. And <clears throat> talking this morning, I'm talking to somebody about you know, memorizing the scripture and having memorized in the King James. And, and that's where I memorize a lot. And over the years, I've prayed so much that you know, I've memorized some of the scriptures. 
Peter herself was something for Jesus, the author and issue of our faith. When we look at him, nothing else is above And we realize that our past on earth is long, long ago. Now, the famous saying of John, the apostle, he said, My brothers, love one another. Now, what did you pray? Gracious God, we thank you for this name. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your abiding presence in our lives. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord God. You have accepted us. Your son Jesus to make a great sacrifice for us. We die on the cross that we might have forgiveness of sin. God, we will forever bless you because of that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.